I fear that the next few months will be perilous for America. Regardless of one's political stance, the impeachment of a president is not an easy process to go through. Whatever the end result, it could leave us even more polarized as a people. Yeah, I have those fears too. I think that we are in a time in American history when we're divided. Our discourse is negative, where we don't know how to listen to one another and where we're inundated with negative media messages. I mean, you can hardly get away from it. Even those who try to be objective, to practice objective journalism, seem to be slanted or biased or opinionated. So I think these are treacherous and perilous times. Welcome to the Before We Go podcast featuring Dr. David Maines and his wife, noted author, Karen Maines. Here's David and Karen Maines. Karen, I have a strong conviction that now is the time for the clergy of the land to call Christians to prayer. Personal prayer, corporate prayer. This is not a time for partisan prayers. I don't want us praying Republican prayers or Democratic <laughs> prayers. There are such things. <laughs> what this torn nation needs is sincere pray- prayers that ask for unusual wisdom for all our elected leaders, mm-hmm. but also prayers that express repentance for our personal and corporate sins, sins of commission, sins of omission. It's a time when, in the quiet of settings of prayer, each of us needs to let the Holy Spirit convict us of whatever part we've played in bringing us as a people to the place where we are now. So, Lord, let the turnaround begin with the people of your church. Forgive us for words that we speak uh, without thinking as much as we should, for judgmental attitudes. That's what I believe the Lord is saying to my heart, and I'm doing everything I can to encourage my clergy friends to hear this as a word from the Lord. Now, let this call for prayer be heard from pulpits all across this land. Yeah, I'm wondering how our listeners feel about, um, you know, the the diatribe in our culture, the name-calling. I mean, when has that ever been? In generations past, it was scorned. I, I, mean, I you, find that it hurts me. You, I feel it, you feel ra- it physically. You, we were raised as children not to call other people names. Um, and Scripture, I've done a book on, on the Scripture's view of the way we use our tongues. And so that took me into a, an extended period of repentance. <laughs> and one of the things that Scripture says very clearly is that God hates a malicious tongue hates a malicious tongue, and that's all that we're hearing, malicious malicious tongues, you know, whether it's partisan, political, you know, I think it's slipped down into our common living. It's infiltrated or poisoned our common living, so it's easy to say nasty things because we're seeing it modeled all the time, and that's not the Christian way to behave. It's easy to get so caught up in this that it becomes the focal point of the day. Right. Uh, it's easy to exclude ourselves and say this is other people's problems, you know. But I hear this call again saying, the church, let it begin the prayers that bring healing and bring understanding and bring a way out as God directs us. I've been uh, very interested in this part of the book of Esther. Hmm. And the reason it's a challenge to me is because it goes beyond what I've done so far. Uh, Esther, as you know, has been made the queen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Xerxes is the king. He's mad at his wife. He gets rid of her. She's she's Jewish. Esther is Jewish in a non-Jewish. Well, it's Persian, yes. Culture, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, at a given point, uh, Haman, who's the devil in the story, <laughs> in disguise, he's he counselor has, to the king, right? He's worked it so that all the Jewish people are to be put to death, right? Uh, Mordecai is the one who has raised Esther. He sounds like a wise Jewish leader in, in, in some some sense. You sort of pick that up, don't you, in yeah, the Yeah, very much, yeah. very much. And he he says to, to Esther, you need to go and talk to the king. Now, how come she gets that privilege? <laughs> because she's been placed there by God. But she doesn't want to do that because it could cost her her life. People she, know this. Is she queen at she's, this point in time? Yes, she's she's married queen, to yeah. the king. She's mm-hmm. been chosen by him, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she she says to Mordecai, Put the word out that I want the people to pray and fast, the, the Jewish, Jewish people, people to mm-hmm. pray and fast for three days. And then all these miracles begin to unfold. Bang, 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 bang. It's just a fascinating book. And you see God's hand in everything that is going on. But that word fast, that's mm-hmm. the word I don't like, mm-hmm. to fast and pray. I have been uh, judicious and I have been uh, faithful to praying for a work of God in our land for Decades. Well, I would say decades is right. fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I've felt that sincerely, that there needs to be that prayer base. Uh, and I feel it even more so now, more so than I ever have in my life. And I believe that there can be a movement of God in the worst of situations. But I haven't gone to fasting. Fasting is not an easy discipline. Maybe it's hard for all people. I, I think it's especially hard for me. I've done it very seldom I, in my I life. I have a great idea. I can't fast because I lost 43 pounds last year uh, due to an eating dysphagia disorder that they finally were able to identify the cause of. But for me to food fast um, is not a healthy thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling to gain weight. I can't really lose any weight anymore. I really shouldn't. So I'm fasting. I think I I will make a decision to fast from sweet things. You could do that. <laughs> you don't make decisions <laughs> for other people. <laughs> okay, a suggestion. <laughs> well, if you, why would you fast from sweet things? You're talking like sugar. Sugar. Okay. Well, that's not going to be nearly as hard as for me to fast <laughs> from food. From food. <laughs> yeah. the, the point of that is there are all kinds of ways to fast, and in Scripture, it generally is it does refer to the discipline of fasting from food over. a a three-day period of time. Some even went, Christ went for 40 days without food, I think, in the wilderness. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we can fast from watching television as an act of appeal to God. We can fast mm-hmm. from, I went on a shopping fast early mm-hmm. in my life when I was a young woman not to do any shopping. I think it was for like a year. And that totally changed my um my attitude toward um, sort of a shopping addiction. You know, you have a recreational shopping so there are all kinds of ways of fasting, and if God is leading you to food fast, or if you're not able to fast from food the way I am unable to fast from food, there are lots of other very sincere things we can do to fast as part of our prayer discipline, as a backup, sort of the companion to our prayer dis- discipline that says to us, to ourselves, and to the Lord, I am really serious. This is an intent I am very serious about. I'm going to refrain from I like the word serious it. because I think that's we're we're in a very serious time in terms of the land and like the word that goes out from Esther 
who's at the very forefront of what is going on, we will pray and fast for three days. I will do it along with the women who are with me, but all through the kingdom, the kingdom, speaking of the Jewish people, we must do this together. So tell us what happened again. Some people may not be familiar with his story who are listening to his Old Testament story. Well, I, th- I think if they aren't, uh, a good thing would be to go into the Old Testament and read the book of Esther. It's not that long. And uh, I won't I won't give away. Oh, you're going to keep people hanging who don't know? <laughs> I think most, most people know this story very well. But I, I do think that the challenge needs to go out from pulpits all across this land. Mm-hmm. This is a time for God's people to mm-hmm. begin to pray and fast. And we are saying, God, do a miracle in our day. Or miracles in our days. Yeah. Miracles that we can identify as being from God in our days. Do you have some stories about this from the past at all? When this happened? In our country, uh, again, it was a difficult time. The Second Great Awakening, the, the early... Great Awakening it was like the 1730s, and then it went on for a that good period of time. That was just a national it, spiritual renewal. It was a huge, huge event in mm-hmm. the early days of our land. Uh, the Second Great Awakening, we're talking uh, the early 1800s, okay. presidency of John Adams and right. Thomas wow. Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time back. Mm-hmm. But it's a time when the country is expanding, the western boundaries, a lot of lawlessness, uh, there's uh, uh, within the universities in the land a great deal of uh, kind of laughter at God mm-hmm. we've grown up beyond those days mm-hmm. so when you talk the second great awakening you're talking in the east uh, colleges and universities where there's a where there's an incredible movement of God among the students and among many times the faculty and mm-hmm. the, the executive heads of those schools and in the West, it's it's the exact opposite. Instead of colleges, it's campfires. It's in that rugged territory where you have these massive meetings, people coming in by stagecoach and wagons, you know. And in these large open areas, you, you have three or four men preaching at the same time. Uh, they're far enough apart because they don't have amplification systems, mm-hmm. but, but just... Thousands and thousands of people coming. So it, why do they call them campfires? They gathered around their campfires at night. Is that yeah, all these thousands? Yes, yeah, right. Oh my and gosh, what sure. a picture in my mind! Oh my goodness, they're they're absolutely thrilling times, Karen. You mm-hmm. you have in, now with the Billy Graham rally, say in something our similar. Yeah, they're they're like that, but not the massive stadiums. Mm-hmm. And then when the people, they don't come forward and there's not a counseling teams ready to yeah. take care of, the ministers hold hands in circles. Oh, David, it's a beautiful Yeah, so picture. the people come and if they enter the circle, they know the ministers are praying for them and they're left alone to work out their relationship with the Lord. And you get groanings and you get oh some of the funny, funny things, the barkings and, and such. <laughs> and it, it's a wild time in comparison to what's happening in the universities. But, but there are huge numbers of conversions mm-hmm. and it, it totally changes the character of what is the West. When we say the West, when it's the second great awakening. Probably be Ohio. Well, it you're was talking Ohio Tennessee, uh-huh. you're talking Kentucky. Mid, what would be mid-America now? Yes, right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, so to give us the time, the date of this again. Now, is this the great, the second great awakening? The second great talking, awakening. Okay, the date is? Yeah, you're talking uh, in the early 1800s. Okay. 
You also have another very interesting movement of the Holy Spirit. It's in the Great Awakening. It's Jonathan Edwards. That was uh, earlier. Whitfield. Yeah, that's 60 years earlier. Okay. But in this time, you have many unnamed ministers. But because there's a movement of God in the churches all over the place. You know, we have conversions and you have pastors say it, it was like a whole new day for us. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're so busy trying to work with the new converts, they don't have time to get sermons ready. Mm -hmm. So they go back to notes of older sermons that they said were dry as dust as far as the people were concerned, but now I preach them over again. And it's like a great life-giving. Oh, my word, David, that's extraordinary. It's it's a very thrilling time. How long did that last? Well, I'll forget to say this, so this is very important to me. Uh, The ministers uh, were supported by their people. Mm -hmm. The people formed what they called Aaron and her society. Oh, it's touching. Yeah, it is. Those, those are, that's the story from Aaron and her. The Bible, Holding the up Testament. Moses' arms when his arms got tired, because when his arms were up, the Israelites were winning the battles. But then his arms got so tired from holding up that, that Aaron and her on both sides, they held his arms up for him so that the battle could be completed and there would be victory. So that's what they named these times. They were Aaron and her societies to hold up the arms of the ministers. And here, Karen... Uh, the people promise to spend one day a month of prayer mm-hmm. in prayer. They pledge to spend a half hour every Saturday night and every Sunday morning in prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine if even a third, a third of the a people, quarter, a sixth of, the, <laughs> of the church. our churches, would be praying mm-hmm. for God to make His presence known in the church? Praying Saturday night, others getting up early on mm-hmm. Sunday morning, praying a half hour for God to show His hand mm-hmm. in the churches. Imagine what a difference that would make today. Oh my goodness! You know, we used to when I when I was younger. I'm talking in my 20s and 30s. Churches had Wednesday night prayer meetings. Uh-huh. There are very few churches who have those anymore. Uh-huh. We have become a people who are very busy and don't have time to pray. Uh-huh. And I don't care how God does it. Uh, maybe it's a spontaneous thing as people learn to get together and pray. And the first times you you start to pray together, if you're anything like I am. You find that you're very conscious of your words. Mm-hmm. You've, you've learned how to talk to God, but not as somebody else is listening. I'm, I'm wondering if we we should couch this in another kind of phraseology. Maybe we need people who are willing to um, begin prayer experiments. You know, to, to who are willing to commit themselves to prayer just to experiment and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's hard to quantify the miraculous, except when you see these huge outpourings that you've been describing. But one of the things I have done for over 40 years is keep a prayer journal. And this started kind of as an experiment. I mean, I have piles of journals. I've seen them, yes. (laughs) They're all stored under the basement stairs in the laundry room. But part of that was I would record my prayers, Mm-hmm. My requests of the Lord, and there were many. I'm embarrassed to say how many often there were. And then every time my prayer would be answered, then I would make a check or the date of when they'd been answered or how. So you do that for five years. You do it for one year and five years and then ten years and then ultimately 40 years. You have no doubt in your mind because you have, they're like field notes you have made an experiment of prayer, but you have recorded it diligently like a spiritual scientist. In those, in those journals. In those journals. So I would challenge people to begin to experiment with prayer. You have to do prayer. You have to become a prayer person. You have to sort of record your prayers like if you were in a laboratory somewhere. 
and then keep those notes. Don't toss them away. Keep them because when I go back yeah, through yeah, them, that's your thing. Now I, I toss. I I pray with a pencil. Well, let, 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 okay. let me just finish my mm-hmm. sentence. When, then you can tell how you did it. Okay, <laughs> giving you permission. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You go back and read. Like you just went through this year's prayer. That's journal. a good part of it was, why you it keep just, it. You can, that's, yeah. yeah it, it just, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking. Well, okay, I'm going to start when I was young and new at this, and just read all 40 years over the next couple of years, not do it all in one sitting, and have this remarkable reminder of what God has done through the decades of my life, because I've kept it. Now, go ahead and tell us how you throw your notes away. <laughs> well, I decided I probably shouldn't throw them away. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm teasing you, David. Each of us has a particular style in prayer we begin to function with that works for us. So. I, I am thinking in terms of a lot of people struggle with prayer, mm-hmm. and to be able to pray with someone else you know, almost a mentor in mm-hmm. a sense, to come together and pray. I, I have the the people I meet with, there are seven of us. We meet every Wednesday from noon until one. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we should add more times we get together. But we're from all different parts of the country, from Illinois, from California, from Texas, from Michigan, from Ohio, and so on. But uh, you learn from one another when you pray with other people. In fact, there are times I've heard other people as they pray, and I think, boy, that that's really got leverage with God. I got to learn. How to you, say well, that. you get off that phone call, and you, I say, oh, that was so good. We just met with the Lord. I mean, I've never heard you ever say it's the highlight of my week. It's the highlight of my week. Now that's extraordinary. Yeah, it's uh-huh. absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, there are two women and five men always there. Mm-hmm. So, what are we saying to the people who are listening to this podcast? I'm saying. Uh, specifically to the pastors of this land. So they, if their pastors aren't listening, they have to... Maybe, maybe clergy. <laughs> or I'm they... saying clergy, Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox. Call your people to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to get with them to find out where they are. Maybe maybe there are people who hear the word prayer but don't do it very often. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but let them form whatever they want as far as the groups are concerned. But this is a time very soon now I'm talking this coming weekend and then the following weekend because where the country is, it needs the prayers of God's people. Call them to prayer. Let them do it as they see fit. People have all different ideas as to how it should come about. Don't worry about trying to organize it, okay? But just call the people to prayer because this country desperately needs prayer. And uh, we will not we will not find our way out of this morass, I don't think, Without this the cultural morass, mm-hmm. this slip into lack yeah. of spiritual. Yeah, meaning. and you will find, you will find that this is a Gypsy Smith. Gypsy Smith was an evangelist from time even before How my lifetime. How the world did he get a name like Gypsy Smith? Because yeah, he was a Gypsy. <laughs> oh, really? He, he, he really yeah. was? Uh, but he said, if you want to learn how to pray about revival, mm-hmm. he said, go in a closet, draw a circle. Oh, my goodness. Stand inside the circle okay. <laughs> and say, God... You begin to work on everything inside this oh, circle. That's, that's it, gorgeous. Uh, but that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Well, let's conclude with that. I think that's a good how to um, become a person who begins to be stimulated by the Holy Spirit to become a person of prayer. Go into that closet, whatever that closet is. In fact, it might even be good to take a piece of paper and draw a big circle around it. Step into it. And what are they supposed to then pray for? Well, you say, Lord, begin the work of your Holy Spirit in me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to worry about 
what's going on in the political scene. What you know, do I need to deal all with? All the books I've read about the big money moguls and all. Yeah. Other, it's not other people's problems at this point in time. It's my problem. But don't just be alone either. Mm-hmm. Uh, give Gypsy Smith credit for what he said. But prayer groups. Mm-hmm. We need to have groups form all over this country and learn from one another and see God's hand in a marvelous way. Deliverance even as they saw in the days of Esther. So my question to our listener is, what are you going to do about it? It's a good question to wrestle with, right? Yeah, it is. I think they're listening too. You've been listening to the Before We Go podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate, review, and share on whatever platform you listen. This podcast is copyright 2019 by Mainstay Ministries, Post Office Box 30, Wheaton, Illinois, 60189.